On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got the absolute pleasure of talking to Benjamin Shapiro, the host of the MarTech Podcast. Uh, This guy has an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to marketing technology. We actually talked about how you can use podcast advertising to be able to reach your customers. And actually offline afterwards, we talked about an incredible way um, to be able to retarget your customers uh, using Zapier uh, and uh, another service um, to be able to uh, actually reach uh, your customers when they're listening to podcasts by uh, dynamically inserting ads into the podcast that they're listening to. Uh, Really incredible conversation. Uh, He's just a brain. Um, If you guys are interested, his podcast, uh, the MarTech podcast, uh, is an absolute must. Um, I've been a guest on there. And um, yeah, you guys are going to just love this one. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before in the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. I am here with Benjamin Shapiro. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about Benjamin before we get started. Uh, Ben is a brand development and marketing strategy consultant. He left a successful career in business development at eBay to become an entrepreneur that's run a bootstrap startup, multiple marketing teams at early stage VC-backed companies, and an independent consulting and content business. Ben specializes in helping growth stage companies understand how to identify the overlap between corporate identity and customer needs to build an effective marketing strategy. He's also the producer and host, and I'm sure you know this podcast already. It's the top one of the top rated podcasts, MarTech. Uh, I was actually just on this podcast. Uh, very, very exciting. Uh, and he also has another podcast called Voices of Search. Ben, what a mouthful. Welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thanks for having me on the show. Jordan, it's great to talk to you again. I feel like we should do this every day. <laughs> well, I think we are, right? Like, I think I'm like, we're trying to acquire each other's uh, podcasts or something. <laughs> We've got a two-day streak running. I, I had you as my guest yesterday. I'm excited to do the the home and home and uh, excited to be on your turf today. Yes, yes. Well, this is great. Ben, tell us a little bit about who you are and and what you're up to these days. Yeah, you know, I, I think you covered most of the the bullet points. Uh, I actually spent a lot more time doing podcast content development, um, you know, than I do marketing consulting. The kind of longer version of the story is I, you know, worked at eBay and then left to do my startup, and then I ran the marketing department at early stage startups. Wasn't the right balance for me working at the early stage startups, I kind of got burned out and tired. And so I, I stepped away to just take on some short-term projects to help growth stage companies um, figure out how to market their products and services. What, what, I, sorry, what is, can, can you explain for, for our audience who may not know that term, what is growth stage? Where, where yeah, is that revenue? So I, I, I don't know if I made this up. I, I probably, you know, I think of startups, being companies that find product market fit 
or okay. looking for product okay. yeah. market fit. Growth stages when you know you have product market fit, you know how to acquire your customers and who they are. And it's just a question of acquiring enough of them to get to, let's call it scale or the enterprise stage where then it becomes about you know, revenue optimization and, and gotcha. you're kind of going from being a medium-sized company to a big company. Gotcha. Um, okay. So companies that have figured out like, these are our products, this is who we're trying to reach. Um, I will often come in and help them figure out their identity, brand strategy, some of the more foundational parts of marketing that oddly enough, they're foundational, but people skip when they're getting started. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, how do you take who you are, who you're trying to reach and cultivate marketing channels that are not just your pay to play channels, but things that are more cost effective, but take time to develop most of those okay. content businesses. Okay. Do you want to, can you give me an example of, of some of those that like, so, so our audience is generally seven to eight figure e-com store owners looking to grow. I'm assuming most of the ones that are listening to this podcast are in that growth stage. Yeah, for sure. Now, now that we've defined that. Um, There's, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the curse of being a podcast host is I'm used to like coming in and being like, okay, I know the answer or like, Hey, let me set the stage. Uh, sorry for interrupting you. This is great. There's a okay. So there's a, a common thing that happens e-commerce businesses, all sorts of other types of businesses, is that they, when they're looking for product market fit, they generally lean on customer acquisition channels that are paid because they're the fastest to monetization. So if I'm an e-commerce business and I'm launching, I have my products, I have my website, I have zero traffic, I have zero brand reputation, I haven't created content assets, nobody knows about me, I have to go buy traffic and, and visibility. And you end up cultivating your paid channels first because you have to figure out how to get people to your website to figure out if the website works, if people want the product, you need that demand. So often the startup companies end up investing their marketing budget in performance marketing channels. Fastest to maturity um, helps you validate if you have product market fit and you can show ROI in a very short period of time. Totally. And what happens when you get to that next stage, when you get to growth stage, all of a sudden, if you're a venture capital backed business, or if you have some investors, the investors are saying, great, uh, if you want more money, you have to go figure out a way to be a more profitable business. You have to go acquire customers at scale, but you don't want to pay for all of them. And so you start thinking of, all right, I can still get a good return on ad sales, ROAS, from my best performing channels, but I need to start thinking about ways to get my brand out there. I've got a business that's starting to thrive. I have a little bit more time. Let me think about cultivating other types of channels that are generally organic growth channels. And this is investing in your brand promotion, um, developing content assets, and starting to build things like your community, other types of following. Jordan, stuff that I know that you know a lot about, but that's really what ends up being a, a growth stage marketing strategy is becoming more efficient with paid, figuring out what your return on ad spend is, and then spending some budget to cultivate these other channels, which take six months to a year to get to maturity, sometimes multiple years. So you don't just have to be paying for every customer. Then eventually they start coming to you and you're able to, you know, take more of that money back to the bank. 
totally. I mean, you know, from our conversation yesterday, this is something I'm super, super passionate about. Uh, I feel like profit is one of those places that um, e-com companies sometimes don't really realize that they need. <laughs> like, like you need to actually be able to be profitable. I, I think full cycle. I mean, maybe unless you're... If, I don't know how many of the people who are listening to this are VC backed. I think it's a lot of founders who are, who are bootstrapping, mm-hmm. but don't really realize that like you really do need to take profit out of your company and you need to be profitable acquiring customers. Yeah. There, you know, there's a type of business and generally these are businesses that need lots of capital because they reach a lot of people to scale, right? Those are what VC backed businesses are the billion dollar businesses that require millions to hundreds of millions of dollars to get to maturity. Totally. And so the, the growth cycle for those end up being different than the, the bootstrapped e-commerce businesses that, you know, most of your listeners are, are probably are, right? I created a product. I figured out that there was a need for it. Now, how do I go sell it and take the money and put it in my bank account? Totally. And, you know, maybe the, the, the mix is a little different because bootstrapped founders tend to be a little bit more conservative with spending their budget because it's actually their money that they're spending. Yeah. And if they're running experiments and if they're spending a dollar and they're not making a dollar, that means they're actually losing a dollar as opposed to, you know, burning some of their investment capital just feels a little different. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So talk, talk to me about what I'd really love to, to know from you, because I think you're a real expert in this area and your, your podcast is literally called the MarTech podcast. I'm assuming yeah. that stands for marketing technology. Yeah, a little on the nose there. <laughs> so I'd really love to know for e-com brands doing seven to eight figures, what is the ideal MarTech stack? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's an impossible question to answer because every business is going to be a little different depending on what your products are, who your customers are. Um I'm going to take it a step back and just talk about some foundational marketing things that I think everybody needs to focus on and how that can dictate what your stack should be. You're obviously a podcast host because I was literally just about to ask you, let's talk foundations. Yeah. Look, (laughs) marketing, you know, point blank is about understanding who you are as an organization, what you stand for, how you're going to represent that to the world and how that overlaps with your target market and what their needs are. And so, you know, as a marketing consultant, the first thing I do when I work with brands is sit down talk with everybody in the company about what their company is, what their products are, why do people need them? How do they think about it? How are they positioned relative to their competitors? And then you go and talk to their customers or their prospects or whoever they think they're trying to reach and understand what's the problem you're trying to solve in this niche. Where do you look for that type of information? What's your decision-making criteria? And you overlap those two sets of people. And, you know, that overlap in the sort of Venn diagrams, the two circles between your customers and, you know, your, your actual organization, that really is what your brand is, right? That's, that's where you need to live. And when you have a good understanding of what your customers want and what you should be saying to them and where they're looking for the information, that then dictates what your marketing strategy is, which then dictates what your MarTech stack is. So gotcha, gotcha. I don't want to be too obtuse. The, you know, talking specifically about growth stage e-commerce brands, you know, assuming that most of them are B2C type businesses, you're probably going to be doing a lot of paid advertising. 
right? And the paid advertising channels are going to be your Google AdWords. It's going to be Facebook, Instagram, um, programmatic advertising. Um, And so a lot of what you need from that is the ability to put all of the data from those various channels, um, you know, connect the data that you're getting from Facebook and Google and whatever programmatic advertising, display advertising you're using, putting them into a single system. So you're not saying, hey, Facebook, how many sales did you get for me? Hey, Google, how many sales did you get for me? Because what happens is Facebook takes credit for everything. Oh, everything. And so does Google. Yeah. And so when you look at those two systems and you put them next to each other, it says, well, Facebook took credit for 80% of my conversions and Google took credit for 80% of my conversions. I guess I have 160% of conversions. Where's those other 60%? That math doesn't work, right? That, you know, yeah. they're basically saying we touched this person and that person. So they're both grabbing credit for it. You need a single source of truth. Now that can be Google Analytics. There's a whole host of other analytics platforms. Um, there's a whole other, you know, we have Morpheo, who's a sponsor of our, of the MarTech podcast that's running right now that helps you sort of merge a lot of that data together. Okay. So Mor- Morpheo, you'd, you'd recommend on the attribution side. I like Morpheo. Um, I, I have friends that worked at a company called ad hoc, which helps you sort of place the ads and, and, you know, yeah. evaluate them all together. This, the cheap ones, you know, Google, uh, ad, what do you call it? Google Analytics. Yeah. Can't believe I couldn't remember the name Google Analytics. Google Analytics, you know, allows you get sort of all that data coming together. Um, what matters is, you know, it depends on how technically savvy you are, how much budget you're spending. Do you want to invest in tools to be able to evaluate your ad performance? Or do you just want to look at Google Analytics because you're going to try to do it on the cheap and you're still trying to really figure out what works? Yeah. There's also the idea of going hiring an agency. If you're just I don't understand performance marketing. I have no experience with it. Go get somebody else to do it for you. Yeah. And there's a whole host of agencies you can use. Um, you know, so you got your performance marketing channel. You're going to have some sort of a CRM customer relationship management where you're looking at, you know, who are the customers are, what's their average order value, what's their LTV lifetime value. Um, you know, your CRM should help you, you know, figure that out. And, yeah. you know, I think that what really matters is getting a full picture of the customer life cycle. So how did I acquire the customer? What did they do? How do I serve them from a customer service perspective? And then how do I get happy customers to start becoming referral engines so I can lower my average, lower my cost per, uh, cost per lead? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally got you. Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. This is, yeah, I mean, that's great foundational sort of stuff because I feel like what's happened and and what we see with a lot of people that come to us and, and people that I consult with is that they've actually skipped over that entire foundation. Right. Um, so instead of having 
uh, Google Analytics setup, there's there's no tracking whatsoever. And we're just asking Facebook to somehow be truthful with all of the conversions that they're giving. Yes, maybe they were a part of some of those conversions. Um, but but really, like you 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 cannot take um, credit for all of those things, Facebook, <laughs> or or all of your your different channels that you have, right? Like we talk heavily about our VAP group, and we talk all about um, uh, you know email and SMS. Um, if I were to take all of their data, I'd be doing double the amount of sales, if not more mm-hmm. than that, right? It's just not true. Um, so I to- I totally I think this that's that's great stuff. Where would you go after that? As far as as far as your tech stack, yeah, I mean, you can you can go left or right or up or down, you know, depending on what channels you're trying to add in. Um, before I say how to extend the stack, I, I do think it's, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast are more product experts, right? They got into e-commerce because they really understood a niche and were able to develop something that people needed, as opposed to being marketing experts. And that's okay. I don't think you need to be a brilliant marketer to set up the basic analytics, right? And and before I talk about how do you extend the stack, you know, setting up Google Analytics, there's a, a million and one YouTube videos. It is not super complex. All you need to do is go onto your website, and I'm sure that there's a connector between Shopify, which most people are probably on, and Google Analytics, and just create some custom events. And understanding where someone came, you know, what channel drove them, so you can figure out which advertising campaigns are actually working, and where in the funnel they are. Did they get to the website? Are they repeat visitors? Did they get to the cart? You know, did they complete a purchase? Are they a returning customer? And Once you figure that stuff out, like you're not really doing a lot in terms of analytics setup. You know, that's at least the basics of understanding where someone is in the customer lifecycle. And that's 10, 20 hours of work if you're brand new at Google Analytics, figuring out how to set up those connectors and and set up the the tracking. It's not super, super complex. And I'm assuming that Shopify probably has a bunch of the data in there, you know, in their platform as well. With shop with Shopify, it's like literally you just put the the code in mm-hmm. into one place. In Google Analytics, you go in and you make sure that an enhanced e-commerce reporting is on mm-hmm. one button, and then you've got all of that data there. And then, like like Ben said, like just going in uh, to YouTube, most of the videos on YouTube will actually have custom dashboards that they'll just give you as well. Yeah, which is awesome. What matters the most, going back to your question of like, hey, what do you do next once you have this sort of basic stuff done? I actually don't think that building your MarTech stack is what really matters. You you should right-size your tool set to where you are in your organization. And a lot of that has to do with how much data are we bringing in? How complicated is it? How many people are using it? And, you know, generally you go from the startup tool to the enterprise tool. You know, you change CRMs every once in a while, yeah. you know it's all about how large your organization is, how much you're using those tools. It's not like the tools are really changing. What I think matters is deepening your understanding of where customers are in their journey and what resonates with them and gets them to get to the next part. It is, 
I know that this person came to the website, looked at a product, but didn't add anything into their cart. And so this becomes more of a psychology problem than it is a, how do I build my MarTech stack to figure out what to do? It is, I understand where this person is in their buyer journey. They actually looked at the products and they said, I'm not going to start the buying process. So where are they? They probably need a little bit more credibility building. You know, you're going to show them testimonials or use cases or product videos or, you know, whatever it is in your type of product that gets them to build more impulse to come back to the site and then continue down the buyer's journey. Yeah. And so a lot of what you should be doing is really a retargeting exercise as opposed to a building my stack to be this really big, expensive technical thing. Like you kind of got to do manual processes, figure out what works. And then you use the technology to replace what you're doing manually. So that's, you know, what we did in building the MarTech stack for the MarTech podcast is I was doing everything manually and I'm either when something is taking a lot of time, I'm either finding a tool that does it for me yeah. or I'm finding lower cost labor to go do the manual things that I can't find the right technology for. I'm not sitting thinking, boy, I just got to make my business a little bigger so I can get to that enterprise CRM instead of the growth stage CRM. That's <laughs> just not really the goal. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really, really good advice because I think that a lot of people think that te- technology is suddenly going to just solve their problems uh, when their real problem is that they don't have an offer that people actually want, or they don't have a product that people are actually resonating with. And it doesn't matter how good of technology or how good of like, I mean, for us, like Facebook ads management, it doesn't really matter how good of an agency you get in if people don't want your product. Yeah, for sure. Right. And and that the other big thing as a marketer that I've learned over the, I don't even know, 15 or so years that I've been doing this is you're not marketing to get somebody that you don't know to buy your product. Yeah. Right. You're, you're marketing to get somebody that you don't know to be aware of you. Then you're marketing somebody that is aware of you to have consideration, right? And then you're marketing to the people that have consideration of you to make you their choice. And then you're marketing to your customers to return as your customers and be referral, right? You're not marketing from like point A to point Z. It's A to B to C to D all the way down the alphabet. Uh, do you guys see why I have been on the podcast right now? Like that is like, I, I feel like that is imperative for you to to think about, like re- rewind that and listen. You are not trying to sell to customers when they first like you, you may have that happen. That that might just happen. There's the occasional low hanging fruit. Like, yeah. Like, and you know, and, and to be honest with Facebook's algorithm, they will go after when you have a conversion campaign, they're going to go after that low hanging fruit to start because they really want to get you hooked on, on Facebook ads um, because they know who that low hanging fruit is generally with their buying behavior, but there are not a ton of people out there like that. Yeah. Um, let's the, talk about, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to, I wanted to kind of tie this into, um, into podcast advertising. How, mm-hmm. how could that work in the, uh, in the customer journey for e-com brands? Yeah. So there's a couple different ways to work in podcasting. First, you create your own podcast, like what you're doing, where you get to own the conversation. And this kind of gets into like, are you building a community you know, are you you rallying the people that are your biggest fans and enthusiasts to engage with their content regularly? And that is 
the most powerful way. It's also the most labor intensive and often the most costly way to be involved in podcasting. But if you have an existing audience and you want to have a regular conversation with them to keep your impression levels high, right? To keep your consideration high, to sort of build that authority. Being a content creator is really powerful. You know, for me, I, I felt like I had a inherent talent to being a podcast host because I'm just a better talker than I am a writer. I have a face for radio. So, you know, I, I just, I, I kind of, flocked personally to podcasting as it was starting to mature because I just felt it was a match for my core skill set. Yeah. That's not the case for everyone. People are great on video. If that's the case, you don't have to do a podcast. You can go create a YouTube channel and be just as effective. If you're a great writer, go create a blog. All of these are content businesses. And so, you know, I'll get into the specifics of how podcasting works, but whatever it is, when you're thinking about content businesses, couple things to keep in mind. They take time to mature. You have to be consistent in publishing your content and you have to be very focused towards your target audience. If you can get those three things down and you can just keep going, eventually you can build an audience that becomes very powerful. That's how you're going to get your core enthusiasts. Now, outside of just, I'm going to go create podcast content, I'm going to do it myself. A couple different ways that you can take advantage of the podcasting landscape. First one, be guests on podcasts that are relevant. That's not expensive. Often it's free. You just have to reach out to the right host and talk about what value you can bring to their audience. Jordan, I had somebody on my team reach out to you. You're you know, working on a podcast that we love, we respect. We also think it has a lot of overlap with what we talk about in the MarTech podcast. So we reached out and said, hey, can, can we be buddies? Can we work together? And you, know, you come on my podcast, I'll come on your podcast. We'll introduce each other to our audiences and provide value to both groups. That's something that you know, whatever e-commerce business you're in, if you're selling something in the fashion industry, you're selling clothes, there are lots of fashion related podcasts that you can go out and talk about your brand and your experience and how you're growing your business and find new customers. Totally. Go and do the, the PR strategy. That's, that's generally pretty cheap and easy. The other one's podcast advertising. I think that there's two ways to think about this. There's host-read advertising where you're working with the podcaster to have them talk about your brand. And that's really like influencer marketing. Yeah. You have to reach out to the host. You have to talk about what your business relationship would look like. Maybe it's you're just going to give some product away and have them talk about you. Maybe you got to pay them for the ad space. Yeah. Um, there's also dynamic insertion. You could use what's called programmatic advertising where you're recording an ad and you're placing it in other podcasts, but it's not the host that is uh, reading the ad. It is just purely audio advertising. Is there a platform that you recommend for that? Yeah, there's a couple different ones um, that we've used. Uh, my favorite, and unfortunately, it's kind of gone the way of the dodo bird, was a platform called Knit, K-N-I-T, but it, it doesn't exist anymore. And that's how we grew our podcast following, by doing paid advertising on other podcasts. Um, there is a, a tool called Choozel, C-H-O-O-Z-E-L, um, which is a self-serve programmatic advertising platform. Um, there uh, is a tool called AdsWiz, A-D-S-W-I-Z-Z, -Z, I believe it is. Okay. Um, we'll put Midroll. All these is, what's that? 
I said, we'll, we'll make sure to put all these Great. in the show notes. Yeah. Mid-roll is another one um, where you can buy either host red, or I believe that you can do some, some, some dynamic insertion. You could also just reach out to the host directly and be like, Hey, I've got an ad. Would you mind playing this? What's your rates? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you know, that's another way to do it. So there's, it's a, it's a new medium, right? The, the podcasting is not necessarily new, but it's growing and it's kind of underdeveloped if you ask me. So it can be a little technically challenging to start running these ads. Um, but if you do it right, podcast advertising, it allows you to get a really deep message, Yeah, right? People are listening to you for a longer period of time, frequency, super engaged audience. Um, so it could be a really powerful advertising channel challenge with podcast advertising is there's no click. So it can be really hard to figure out what is actually driving the conversion. You might run podcast ads, all of a sudden your business goes gangbusters. The problem is you can't directly attribute it to the podcast ad because people just showed up at your website. You don't know how many of them just showed up and how many of them were actually because they listened to the ad. So that's kind of the marketing challenge in the medium. Is there any way to solve that? Um, with the MarTech podcasts sponsorship program. So we have generally B2B SaaS companies that come on to our podcast. They're trying to reach marketers. Yeah. Um, we have some technology that we've used that allows us to retarget the listeners of our podcast. And so when somebody listens to a specific episode, um, we can figure out who those people are and then run Facebook ads to get them to visit a website. So we can do more advanced attribution. Um, there's other platforms that we use where when we run an advertising campaign, we could tell if somebody got to your website, we have a, a pixel that kind of figures out, you know, are you a listener? Did you get to this website? Okay, here's the match rate. And so here's what your- Oh, interesting. Rate is. Yeah, um, but but very few people are, are really- doing that. It's kind of the advanced edge of podcasting. I don't think most podcasters are going to be able to give you ad campaign no. performance or uh, retargeting. I'm thinking kind of old school and just using a coupon code, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you're going to do that, my guess is you should multiply the conversions from the coupon code by about 10 yeah. to figure out what your actual impact is. And really the way that you evaluate your podcast advertising do it all in a hopefully a relatively short period of time, run your podcast ad campaigns for a month, yeah. keep your marketing static from what you did the previous month, and then evaluate over a, probably a two month span, you know, when you're running the ads and then the next month and see what the direct and organic lift was in your Google analytics. How many people came to your website gotcha. that just came unattributed and how many people went to Google and looked for a specific term? Gotcha, gotcha. That's great, great advice. Benjamin Shapiro, I've got to ask you, what is your secret to scaling? Yeah, I think that patience is an unpopular answer, but it's true. And and I just think of it from a marketer's perspective. You can buy scale. You can throw money over dumb money yeah. to try to go put more advertising out there and not be very sophisticated and not very be very targeted. And you can grow your business. You're going to waste a lot of money doing it. If you want to scale efficiently, you leverage your performance marketing and you try to become increasingly efficient over time. But on the flip side, while you're starting to spend more and more and more, you need to invest in 
developing your organic growth channels, whether that be building a content strategy, working with influencers, doing public relations, all the other stuff that helps get your brand out there and relevant to your target audience. The problem is those channels take months and years to cultivate. So you got to consistently plug away, create a blog post once a week, every week for a year. And at the yeah. end of the year, you'll start seeing SEO organic traffic scale. But the good thing is that stuff doesn't go away. Once it's there, it stays. It's not yeah. a performance marketing channel that you pay once and then it's gone. Very similar to podcasting. Yeah, for right? sure. Like, like we, it took us six to eight months to really start getting a huge amount of traction uh, with this podcast. So podcasting is a, is a content channel. It's no different than a blog. It's just, you know, some people like to listen. Some people like to read. Some people watch the videos. The, the, the dynamics of how they work is exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, I found this conversation amazing, uh, very worthwhile. I think that our audience is going to get uh, a ton out of this. If they want to find out more about you um, and your podcast and, and what you do, uh, where can they go? Yeah. Um, first off, just search MarTech, M-A-R-T-E-C-H, in uh, whatever podcast app you're using. Um, it's the little white background with a blue and green logo. It looks like an M. Um, or just search MarTech Podcast. You can go to martechpod.com um, if you're interested in search engines and content marketing. I have another show called Voices of Search. That's voicesofsearch.com. Yeah. Um, to reach me directly, um, benjshap.com is my consulting website, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P.com. That's also my social handles. So LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. It's all under Ben J. Shap. Oh, and just so everybody knows, now that they've listened, this is not the political Ben Shapiro. <laughs> yeah, I'm the other guy. <laughs> just in case you were wondering. <laughs> my political preferences are right down the middle, so Perfect. feel free to listen to my podcast without bias. Perfect. Well, right down the middle for America is like far right for us, so... Uh... Okay. Just so you know, <laughs> Ben, this is such a good conversation. Uh, two days in a row. Let's make it three tomorrow. Okay. All right. All right. We'll have to find another podcast to crash. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Great to see you. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.